Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Letterman Row, and welcome to Defensive Line Week. Larry Johnson's Rushman, always under the spotlight. We're breaking them down right now at Letterman Row as the season starts to get a little bit closer. That's Spencer Holbrook. That's Jeremy Birmingham. I am Austin Ward. Uh, you know, you lose Chase Young, that's not a good thing. But if anybody is in position to move on and weather the storm of losing maybe the best pass rusher in school history, Larry Johnson's got the group that might be able to do it. It's crazy that losing Chase Young is probably not the most difficult thing to replace uh, among the defensive line losses. Replacing Devon Hamilton and Jayshon Cornell and Robert Landers is a much more daunting task, I think, than replacing Chase Young, which yeah. sounds <laughs> ludicrous to suggest. But you have to rely on Teron Vincent coming back and being healthy. You have to expect Tommy Togiai to be able to to step up and be like the man at defensive tackle. Uh, and, and then you have to figure out how to rotate a defensive line group, a defensive end group that's extremely talented, still raw. I mean, you have guys like Zach Harrison and Tyler Friday and, and Javante Jean-Baptiste and Tyreek Smith, who I think is going to have a huge year. I think Tyreek Smith is going to be a first-round pick for Ohio State a year from now. Um but a healthy Tyreek Smith. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. But the, the challenge is how do you replace the interior, not how do you replace the best defensive lineman in the history of the school, which is crazy. We'll get to that a lot, a lot more with that defensive tackle because you make a great point about you know the really daunting sort of proposition there. They have the, the four- and five-star guys, guys capable of doing it, but they've never been full-time starters. But we saw, you know, we were staked out for that first day of voluntary workouts, and Tyreek Smith walking in and – he made the most of being at home during quarantine. I mean, you, you look at his body; he looks like, you know, what you would expect from him with all the potential that we talked about for several years. He was supposed to be the guy to take the torch uh, from Chase Young. Can still certainly do that, but he's really been hampered, you know, the last couple of years by injuries and never been able to show really that that five star first round draft pick potential in him. Now, you know, again, we didn't watch them work out; we watched them walk in in shorts and t-shirts, but. He looked physically unlike he ever has in his career. It's kind of been bad luck for him, right? He's he hasn't had any of the big injuries you would think that you have on the on the defensive side of the ball, but he's just had the little hamstring tweak, the little ankle tweak. It's like you know, you just hope that he has a little bit of good luck because if he has some luck and if he can stay healthy, he's going to be a dominant defensive end. I think if you line him up opposite of any of Jonathan Cooper or uh, Javante Jean Baptiste or Zach Harrison or any of those guys. He is going to cause a ton of problems for def- for offensive lines. I don't think he can have the type of impact that Chase Young had because that's impossible. <laughs> but for him, it's a pretty high standard. If he can stay healthy, I think he could be like Berm said, the next first round pick in this group. When Tyreek was being recruited in an early part in his career, I thought that his trajectory was like an Adolphus Washington. Maybe he'd get into like the six four, two seventy five, two eighty range and play some three tech and slide around, but. As you mentioned, like when we saw them show up at the WAC uh, a few weeks ago, that looked like a dude who was 6'4", 265, and has changed his body uh, since we saw him in January. So it's definitely a guy that I think you pencil in as a definite starter, and then you rotate, as Spencer said, those other four guys uh, really kind of as the opposite, and then rotating them down the line in the Rushman packages that like Ohio State likes to use, but... Tyreek's a guy that's going to have to be on the field a lot. Yeah, I don't want to you know, speak for him, but it's almost like the light has gone off that, yes, the injuries are part of it and bad luck, but you know, this is it. Like He didn't plan on being at Ohio State for four years, and if you don't fully commit, Chase Young went through this as well when people asked about the motor and 
you know, he was dealing with the injuries as a sophomore, both ankles, but people ask these questions. When the NFL scouts and talent evaluators and GMs are looking at it, they're not really going to use that as an excuse. And they might not, if you, if Chase Young had said to them, both of my ankles were sprained, you know, that's why I took some plays off. Well, they're not going to accept that as a reason. So for Tyreek Smith, everybody knows who he is, but this is it. If you're going to come out after this year, then you better go look like Chase Young. You better play physically like that. You better uh, attack uh, your weight room any way you can. I know the situation's not the same, but you better be the primary guy on the pass rush um, because Chase Young did that. He, he was on the field elevating over the other guys. You knew that the game plan was going to be designed to take him away. Well, it's Tyreek Smith's turn. Now, it helps that he has Zach Harrison, and we're kind of underselling Jonathan Cooper's role here. Uh, Berm, I know you know how, how much you've closely you followed his career and how much it means for Ohio State to have a fifth year from him that also wasn't expected. So that helps. I was just going to wind you up on Coop and let you go. but Yeah, I mean, he's a guy that you you know what you're going to get. And if you're talking about the, the leap that Tyreek Smith has to make as far as uh, the motor and the engagement, that comes from Jonathan Cooper. You know, for, for Chase Young, when that happened, when that light turned on for him, it was the Penn State game in his sophomore year when he realized Nick's not coming back. Mm-hmm. I need to step up and, and be the guy. Um, Tyreek... I think that is starting to happen, as you as you said. Like, but that comes from Jonathan Cooper still being in town and saying, "Hey, I may be the emotional leader here, but if we're going to be that level, it's got to be you." Like, Jonathan Cooper is not going to be a first round pick. You know, he, he's going to play in the NFL, but Tyreek Smith is a player who could be a first round pick next year, and a player that when NFL scouts are in, in Ohio Stadium last year, they go, "Okay, that's the next one," mm-hmm. and at Ohio State and places like it, it doesn't matter how good you are. It matters how good you are for how long. Can you get to your best level and stay there for an entire game? Can you get to your best level and stay there for an entire season? Can you get to your best level and stay there for your career? The Bosa's were great at that. Chase Young got there. He came good at that, yeah. Can Tyreek Smith take that? Like Understanding that this is your moment. And it it is impossible to uh, describe how important a guy like Jonathan Cooper is to have him there pushing. I also think it, it's worth noting that in that room, if you're not at the very best that you can be, you will be passed. And I think, you know, for Tyreek Smith, he needs, you know, he had to realize if I'm not where I need to be, Zach Harrison will pass me. And Jonathan Cooper can can be a guy that, that can disrupt some offenses. I think having that competition in there, and telling Tyreek Smith, you know, if you're not the guy, Zach Harrison will be. That that can be motivating even within your team. And I think the return of Cooper is even more important because you don't have a Robert Landers. You don't have a Bosa or a, or a Chase Young, a type that is going to be your vocal leader. And if you look at the rest of those guys, Baptiste, uh, Friday, Zach Harrison, uh, Togiai, Taram, these are not... Like guys who were rah rah, I'm gonna stand up and be the pound the table guy. Mm-hmm. Jonathan Cooper is that guy, yeah. and so that's a that's a a personality that was not going to be on the team this year. That is so important in a room that is desperate for somebody to be a a leader uh, off the field. And I, I think that's where Jonathan Cooper, and that's what I'm saying. Maybe it feels like we're underselling him on the field, but 
his impact off the field is more important than what he can provide on the field as I see it. Yeah, and they need that veteran presence because, again, there is some big work to do on the inside, defensive tackle, nose, and three technique. You know, those were big losses. Devon Hamilton, what he became last year was an absolute force. I thought that he was a little underrated when it came to the NFL draft. Same could be said, I think, for Jay Sean Cornell when he was so effective in that three technique role, which, again, I think that's a spot where we're talking about this. Who's going to Who's going to fill that role for Ohio State? I, I think somebody like Tyler Friday could really really thrive there. I don't know if that's what's going to happen or not, but you know, filling that production in those two inside spots, they are really important to Larry Johnson, Spencer, and he talks about that all the time. And when we talked to him, you know, five six weeks ago, he was still pointing out like we got to get this going because Togi has barely had a chance to be heavy, heavily involved in the rotation. That's never happened for Teron Vincent. You know, who else is going to be in that mix? We'll see what happens. Well, you got Antoine Jackson, who we haven't mentioned yet, who's in his final season. He's got you know a lot to prove in a guy, one season. A guy Larry Johnson likes so much, he recruited him twice. twice. He recru- <laughs> yeah, he recruited him twice. You've got Tyler Friday, who, like you said, I predicted actually on our site that, that he would slide into the three-technique role. Now, that probably won't happen, but he could play there. And then you've got Teron Vincent, who I think we're kind of underselling as well. I think he could have the kind of year where he just takes off. Because you you didn't hear a lot out of Devon Hamilton last year, but he had, I think, six sacks I think Teron Vincent could have a really big year on the inside because if you line him up against Tommy Togiai, Tommy Togiai is so strong that he's going to attract a lot of attention. Mm-hmm. I think that three-technique spot could be even stronger this year because because of the attention you have to give a guy like Tommy Togiai. With Teron, you just don't know. Yeah. I mean, it, it's you know that he was the number one ranked defensive tackle in the country coming out of high school. You know he's a five-star. You know he's, he's got NFL genetics. His, his father played in the NFL, and you know all these things, right? But it doesn't. None of that stuff matters anymore. You're at Ohio State. You haven't been able to contribute. You missed an entire season because of a shoulder injury. Are you healthy? Have you been doing everything you need to do? We just don't know. And this is one of those weird off seasons that we'll never experience again. Hopefully, where we haven't seen any of these. Like normally in normal summer, we'd be over at at the Woody watching recruiting camps, and we'd see all these players walking around and talking and, to them. and talking to yeah. them, and they'd be they'd be teaching and, and coaching on the field to recruits. And so you'd get you'd know you'd be like, oh, okay, this dude's been been busting his butt. You know, you know who's doing what, and they would tell us who's been doing it. right. And it's really big because you've got guys like like Antoine Jackson and Haskell Garrett who are there, and you just don't know a lot about what right. they're going to do. I think Haskell Garrett has as much potential as anybody on the defensive line. And again, he, he's going into a you know fourth season at yeah. Ohio State. So this is the year you'd expect to see uh, Haskell take that leap, and you'd expect to see Teron take that leap. And um, I, I don't want to play ignorant but we just don't know because we didn't see and larry johnson who rotates his dudes like nobody in the country normally we'd have an idea of what that rotation would look like by now and we yeah. just don't but yeah. at, at the same time you've got the defensive end position at ohio state is you're there for three years you're a first round pick and you're off to the nfl the defensive tackle position if you look at it a lot of these guys have emerged late in their careers and so you've got a, to these guys sitting there in their final year or in their fourth their fourth uh, redshirt junior year something like that that you're you're expecting them to just you know assume the role as one of the veterans on the defensive line. I think that's a really interesting dynamic. Is you've got the superstars on the outside and then the guys on the inside who usually take a little bit longer to develop. I think that's where, since we've used some of the old adages and coaching cliches on these positional previews, it's the one where the closer you are to the football, the more mature, the longer it takes for you to really become a star. And I think, you know, we've been talking about Tommy Togia and his strength since the moment he stepped on campus. It's not like he physically wasn't ready, but using that strength, 
playing with technique and understanding what Larry Johnson works, that's once that's a different thing. Haskell Garrett, same deal. This it's not like uh, they took two or three star projects here right. at defensive tackle. You know, Teron Vincent's going to be in a different position because of his injuries, but it you look at Hamilton, you look at Cornell, it just takes time before you can hold up physically at and play that nose and not give any inches and and take on double teams and three technique before you really you're doing two different things trying to stand up against the rush and be a dominant pass rusher and use those techniques for Larry Johnson. It's hard to do that. It's much easier and I say that with with full qualifications that it's what they're doing is difficult, but if you're going to make an impact on the defensive line, it's just going to be easier on the edge than it is when you're really in it in the middle. Yeah, and I think, you know, this year is one of those what first year since 2015 when we don't have like a true freshman that you're expecting to get right. a lot of playing time yeah. on the edge. Um, you know, you don't know what you're going to get out of like Noah Potter when he gets in the game. So there's still a whole bunch of young guys that we just haven't seen um, have a chance to mature. And, and I, I think I'm kind of glad that we don't have like that true freshman coming in with all the, <laughs> the huge expectations that there was with Zach Harrison and Chase Young and the Bosa's. And, you know, right now you have a chance to really see what makes Larry Johnson the best defensive line coach in America and to see the leap that every one of these guys is going to make from last year to this. And and to add to that point, when we saw Darian Henry in, in camp or in the first day of spring practice, that first drill was rough. <laughs> it, to say the least, it was rough. Yeah. He was having to do things three and four times just, just to get him down the way Larry Johnson wanted him. I'm interested to see, as as the fall rolls around, how much he and Jacoby Cowan have have progressed. And then Ty because, Hamilton, because I mean, we're talking about replacing uh, you know, Devon. Like Ty Hamilton's a player that Ohio State offered him when he was a, a three-star because he Larry Johnson was like, I want this kid. Yeah. So you know that's where you just start to wonder, like, is Larry Johnson so good that he can just pick and choose any player he wants and turn them into a an NFL defensive lineman? Um, you know, we're going to find out because th- this group has a lot of guys that are unproven and a lot of guys that are super talented, but there's more question marks this year than we've had in recent years. But he's definitely got uh, a deeper pool of resources to work with than just about anybody in the country. That's a tribute to him and a tribute to Ohio State, the way that that assembly line of Rushman has been working. Always great breaking it down with Spencer Holbrook and Jeremy Birmingham right here on our positional previews brought to you by Byers Auto. We're not done yet. There's still more offseason to go. Join us again next week as we hit the next position in our positional breakdowns at Letterman Row. Bye-bye.